Kalimera, Kalispera, whatever time you are watching, this is Mappa. The season hasn't begun yet, but there's plenty to talk about. I'm Stel, and I've got a gentleman here that's very clean-shaven, and he's uh, about to take up a career in modelling, aren't you, Thassomo? Oh, oh, you know what? You know what? What? What is going on? Oh, look at that. Look what is going at on? that. What is going that on is here? Elite. Yes. That is elite. So, um, my my cousin runs a shop in Cyprus called the Custom T-shirt Company. Uh, so you can find them on www.thecustomt-shirtco.com, and you basically just either send them an email, be like, "I want a T-shirt that looks like this with this, this, and this," and then you got. Uh, I think it's like 20 euros plus postage and packing. And uh, I got this within about eight days of of us finalising it. So I'll just, I'll just get it out again. What is going on? Very what nice. is going on? Very, very nice. And uh, yeah. for Anorthosi fans watching, you know where to get it from now. And also, Anorthosi Football Club, Thassor has the trademark for that. So yeah, that's don't, it don't even think about it. That's it. Kiria yeah. Sandis, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sue. <laughs> don't sue. No, I don't, I don't think I don't think yeah, they've got image rights for players. No. No. no, Majid will. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, basically that means now then that us and Louis in Gibro are uh, my uh, cousin's most famous clients. Very nice. Like every every Friday, every Friday night, I think he does his show, doesn't he, Louis? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Every yep. Friday night, the t-shirts that he's got on, they're uh, they're from the custom t-shirt company. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Mashallah. So there you go. Congratulations. Congratulations. Excellent. Plug right. out the way. There you go. There you go. There you well, go. unfortunately, unfortunately, Anorthosi aren't in Europe this season, but there are four separate no. teams who are, and let's kick off with the league champions who made their Champions League debut against Barte Borisov and they Barte'd them or battered them, did they? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Bat, bat, bat-ed them. But yeah, so it kind of start, started off fairly fairly quickly, didn't it? Three three goals before half-time. Three, three Aris goals, I think. You know, it's the fast pace, get the ball into the box, try and get something to someone as quick as possible uh, and then they had this changeover at half time and took two or three play- I think took two players off at half time didn't they and that yep. seemed to mess up a little bit with the rhythm of the team uh, they had that really really dodgy goal that they conceded uh, right after half time and then kind of brought it back got themselves uh, into gear uh, Montnor scored I think the pick of the goals Came off the bench and that two minutes later he scored that goal. Uh, something that's miffed, missed off these highlights, obviously, because we're only seeing the goals, is Montnor scored the goal. And then the Bate goalkeeper, and I think the defender who's called Ban, but he was called Bane or Bate or something. Yeah, Bane, I think. And, and and they were going at each other for a good yeah. minute, minute and a half while. <laughs> His players were were off celebrating, and then the uh, the the um, 
the broadcast was just concentrating on these two players, two players on the same team pushing each other. Kind of, it was almost, almost, but not quite like kind of like the Kieran Dyer, Lee Bowyer thing that Newcastle had. Yeah, it happened with Graham Lasso and David Batty in, in Europe for Blackburn, didn't it? I remember that. As well, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But it was a, a huge win for Aris. They were dominant from start to finish. The first 20 minutes, half an hour, they were out of sight. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a, a cricket score. They took their foot off the gas, which obviously led to the Barte Borisov goals. The question mm-hmm. I have for you, if and when they progress to the next round, because I'm pretty sure they will. I can't see them ballsing this one up. Mm-hmm. But depending on the opponent that they have, do you see them playing a different way? Because I said they started on the front foot and the goals that they conceded were purely due to defensive lapses. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to look up who who they're supposed to be playing in the third round as 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 the uh, as as the two teams that they got drawn against. But um, I don't think Shpilevsky uh, not the one to change kind of the not necessarily the tactic, but kind of the way that they push forward the way they do. I think what they need to do is kind of what they did. Uh, towards the end of the season last season where they shored up the defence a bit more because, you know, Bate uh, kind of suffering a little bit in the uh, in, in their league campaign at the moment. They're, at, they're in fourth place uh, and they're halfway through their season over there. And they've lost, they've lost a few players. They've, they're, they're, they've not been as good as they have been previously. They're, yeah, they're they're not doing too well. So you'd expect Aris to kind of, uh, I mean, we, um, I wasn't expecting them to stonk them the way that they did, but I was expecting Aris to win in Lemeso. Uh, the amount of goals they won by means they've probably got through now. And I don't see Spileski changing so much the way that they attack. What? I think he would like from the team, and I think it'd be whoever whoever's looking at Addis right now, would be to make sure that their defence is more on point, more talking to each other, because it looked like the mistake of that first goal right after half time seemed to be a lack of communication. And you know, obviously if the heat continues to be what it is in Gibraltar, then they should be using that to their advantage, like they did. Against but uh, in in that last match, because uh, Bate looked like they were done after ten minutes. They looked like they played a full game of football after Mate, ten minutes. It, it was the thing is, but Bate have got a practically a new team. Okay, so we can't discount that from the equation. However, they were knackered. They were absolutely cream crackered and. All right, the second leg, it, I don't think it's going to be in Belarus either because of what's happening in that part of the world. So I think yeah, it might yeah. be in Hungary or something like that. So, that, you know, neutral ground. I don't know if there's going to be many supporters there. It's not as if they're going to have tens of thousands of fans. The pressure will be off Aris as well. You know, I, I'm guessing, as you quite rightly said, you know, Mr. Spilevsky is going to keep the same system. He might rotate a bit which wouldn't surprise me because the season starts, was it the 10th 
that's uh, seven days after the after the next round, if I think. Unless the next round is on the seventh, I can't remember. No, uh, what are we talking about? The two the next round is... the two legged the... third qualifying round ties will take place on the eighth slash ninth and fifteenth ah, of August. Right, so he's going to have effectively ten days to sorry seven days to prepare for the for the next leg. It's not yeah. less than that, five days. So, so next, round, next week they'll be playing the second leg, and then the week after they'll be playing the, the third qualifying round. So they will be either be playing uh, Rakow or Czestochowa. From Poland. Apolo- apologies, Polish listeners. Uh, slash watch the viewers. Or Karabag. So... Uh, one Karabag, of those yeah? Teams, yeah. You so just caught for a teams. second, so I, w- I wasn't sure. Oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So either Rakow or Czestochowa or Karabag. Okay. So um, you'd expect them to probably play the same kind of system against those two teams, I think. Well, um, the, the Polish side, I think they're 3-2 up from the first leg, if I'm not mistaken, against Karabag. Uh, Karabag are a decent I, team. They, they gave Vomonia yeah. a, a bit of a <laughs> thrashing a couple of seasons ago. I say thrashing. Well, at, at the ACB they did anyway. Um, yeah, but... Uh, it looks like teams with European pedigree in the qualifiers at the moment seem to be stuttering and not performing as well as they should be mm. against some of the uh, inverted commas lower opposition teams. It's just it's uh, there's some weird results coming through um, over the last couple of weeks. So you know while Karabag. Do it fine because uh, Rakov that uh, this is their first uh, foray into Champions League as well. Like they've not qualified for uh, European competition before, so you know could be uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd expect uh, either way for that to be a difficult game for Aris. But again, I don't think I don't think Chipileski is going to change much tactics wise. Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I, I, as I said, I can't see them not going through to the next round. And I'm pretty sure they'll fancy their chances against either Karabag or the, the Polish side, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. But Rack again, off. no disrespect. Rack off. Rack off. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, disrespect them. I don't know anything about the Polish side. Karabag, I know, have made a lot of changes from their squad since they faced Omoni a couple of years ago. So again, they're still unknown to me. But the way that Addis play and the speed that they've got up front and the quality they have all over the pitch, it, it will be a, a good opportunity for them. I'm sure they'll give them a good game. Anyway, next game. Let's go with let's go with Omonia because it, chronologically they were the ones that were next, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Omonia beat Gabala, another team from Azerbaijan, 3-2 after going a goal down. But it was the Bezos show, wasn't it? A Hattie from Bezos. And I don't know what's happened. Who the fuck is this guy? Because I didn't recognize him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've been trying to work his name into Renaissance. It was like Be- Bezessence. Be- Bezessence. Either way, right? Renaissance, right? In French means rebirth. Mm. He's basically, he, he's come back he, he's come back from preseason. It looks like a completely different signing. It's like he's been reborn completely different player from the, 
the the player that kind of started last season and got to January and people were saying about him leaving the club, him not performing. Uh, so hopefully he now kicks on and well, well hopefully for money I fancy kicks on and uh, and continues this uh, this vein of form he's in at the moment because again he got the assist at the in the cup final as well didn't he? So uh, half assist. Half assist. Yeah. Oh, he gave, yeah. He, he gave it to yeah. But he, he played the part. He played the, played yeah. the part. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, kind of, I think this, the, the kind of the way that the team played, I think they'll be very disappointed in how close the game was. It looked a bit, it looked very bitty and very, you know, what in theory, you go through pre-season to work on team cohesion and it just, didn't look like that it didn't look like it was all there yet so yeah it was a bit of a strange one but i think as well there was a the uh kind of like you don't necessarily think it kind of uh it'll be a subliminal thought like well these these guys should be pushovers so you kind of lift the foot off the accelerator a little bit and i think you know it was conceded in the goal as well in the fourth minute kind of shook the team up a little bit and i think that's what i think that's kind of what went on but yeah bezos show bezos show and and yeah gabala as well they had uh the same player score their goals as well didn't they and apparently you know as an abuel fan it's nice to see omar honey kind of getting on monia's faces as well <laughs> during the game because yeah apparently he had he had, he had a very good game as well i think he assisted the uh the first goal as well yeah the first yeah. one the first yeah. one the thing is you know we discussed this on no choftes so i'm not going to delve into it too deep but when i look at the defensive display and i look at the lack of imagination up top you could talk about cohesion all you want but when the individual mistakes are clear and obvious, it's a big concern. And I'm not going to talk about the midfield again. If you want me to, if you want me to discuss it, you can just go back to No Choftes and you can listen to what I said about that the other day. But watching the, the highlights again, the amount of tactical fouls that were being made by Kabbalah, it didn't surprise me. I, I don't have a problem with it. Don't get me wrong, because it's, it's part and parcel of the game now. And you need to be able to overcome teams that are slowing the game down, stopping your momentum. And again, it just, go, just goes back to what I said about Omone's head coach not having a secure plan B or a way to turn things around from a tactical yeah. perspective. You know him as well, having coached Abuel. Did you guys feel the same sort of way about him? Um. Yeah, I mean that. That's kind of what cost him his job at the beginning of last season. Is that there was a plan, the plan wouldn't work, and he wouldn't. And there was no change of that plan. So it's yeah, it it's kind of what it's what lost him his job at Abuel. Um, I think there's you know we. we I think when we had the discussion with Joel Mal as well, you know, we were talking about him being a bit horcado, and it's kind of like this this horcado mentality. So, no, no, come over, Celo. 
Jay Dixhead or kind of kind of mentality, I think, because I'm a little bit like that, uh, and I'm and I'm a horcado. Like I, you know, I'm a Charlie, but I'm also horcado. So I got I got both those blevers. Uh, but yeah, um, so I think I think there's a bit of that in there. But saying that, the kind of the way that it, he's, he's, he's kind of messing around with the central midfield a little bit. He's still he's trying to figure out a plan B in that central midfield because, like you said uh, uh, the other day, Bashir wasn't on the pitch, so he was trying to f- figure out how to get a game won without Bash on the pitch. I'm guessing there's like a maybe an age issue or like maybe maybe he wouldn't be able to fulfil a full ninety. Especially with the kind of energy that uh, Bashiru plays with, so maybe he's trying to figure out a plan B. He should have figured that out in preseason rather than during <laughs> during a European qualification game. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. So let's move on because we've done seventeen minutes. <laughs> I'm talking about these bloody games, <laughs> right? This one had less goals. But a win for your team, Thasso. Abuel yep. two, Voivodina yep. one. Thoughts, yeah. my friend? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's call it an efficient performance. There's not really much else to say about it. Is it? There's. Uh, it could have been a very different result if they had uh, better strikers up front for Voivodina. They had a, a chance right at the beginning of the game, uh, where kind of. Uh, the only reason I'm picking on Chabak for this is because I, I was looking for his mistakes kind of as like a negative bias kind of I was looking for like this is this is him fucking up and he's proving me right. But he'd, he'd uh, got pushed off the ball a bit too easily. Uh, and then Voivod now went on the counter-attack uh, and that and they just left Crespo and Vali at the back with two strikers. Uh, and the one of the strikers for Vojvodina got to the point of where he was just one on one with uh, with Belek, and Belek pulled off a good save. Um, but yeah, after that, Jabak had a very solid game, performed very well. Kind of makes me think that maybe maybe he wasn't playing in the crit position all this time, and he should be playing in that stopgap left back role rather than where it where, where he would normally play. But yeah, um, a one goal cushion to take to Serbia is a difficult one to keep for the second leg. Uh, so I don't expect the team to sit back. I expect them to kind of carry on in the same vein as uh, in the first leg because, you know, the team were trying to put passes together, trying to uh, force uh, force spaces open. Kvidaya, he got on the score sheet. Hopefully that carries on. Um, get that, get that eagle celebration. Like, you know that he's got there. Get, get more of that out. Uh, and I want just uh, Dvali's goal. Like, I don't know where he got the acrobatics from for that. Like, I don't know where he got the reflexes to take that shot from the corner. But yoga, no good on him. Yoga, yeah. <laughs> but good on him. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, it was a good performance. Uh, any other day, they might have conceded another goal or two uh, but an, a, an even better day they would have scored like another goal or two as well so you know it's, it was uh, a, it was a game of 
very very fine margins, but I think the best the the better team won anyway. I had one eye on the game because it finished it started uh, after the Omonia game. So by the time the Omonia game had finished, there was still about fifteen twenty minutes, half an hour of it, of it left. But the thing is, I, I caught the first 10, 15 minutes anyway, because I think it was half time during the Omonia game, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I caught the first 10, 15 minutes. And the, the first thing I noticed was how, how different Sapinto's system is in comparison to Milojevic. So you, you practically had the same sort of lineup. So if you looked at the team sheet, you'd think 4 2 3 1 straight away. But it wasn't like that. You only had one holding midfielder, Kostadinov. He was the only holding midfielder. Sarfo and Dalcio were the other two central midfielders. And they had specific zones in the pitch that they covered. So you would you'd rarely see Sarfo in Dalcio's zone, so to speak, and vice versa. Only when they had to win the ball if one of them was dispossessed. And I found it incredible how how spaced out the players were mm-hmm. it's almost as if the system was designed to prevent these short passing five yard spaces you know like how you've seen rondos where they've got the player one player yeah. in the middle yeah, mid, yeah? Mm. Or, or playing triangles it's almost as if the system was designed so Abwa wouldn't play that it looked to me that Sapinto wanted to stretch the pitch to space out the players as, as far as possible to get the ball and spread the play as soon as you could. Yeah. And by spreading the play, it immediately activates your fullbacks to get forward and support the two wide men up front, which were that, um, it was Fetfatsidis and the other guy was uh, Will- Wilson. William? Wilson? Wilson. William. Wilson. Sorry. Wilson. I'll remember his surname because I had a friend at school called Andrew Wilson. So I'll remember that. Don't worry. So... I, I think it was a very clever system. Away, you know. But what I will say about that is that there were two or three occasions, especially at nil-nil, there was one moment where Vojvodina broke through down the middle and it was 2v2. And the centre-forward got in behind the two centre-backs. And I think, was it Dvali that made that last gasp challenge that put him off? I can't remember. But they got in behind a ball too easy. And you saw with the equaliser how easy it was. So again... Same with Sofroni in the sense that it could be a system problem when it comes to the defensive side of things. Again, that's that's just my evaluation. I don't think they play badly, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think it's an intelligent system, but it's got a few flaws. I don't think I don't think it's uh I don't I don't think it's a system problem. I think it's a personnel problem. You know, you've got Diwali last season wasn't, you know, first first choice center back you got uh you've got a right back playing at left back you've got crespo is 34 i want to say you know and uh especially when you've got your fullbacks going as far forward as they are uh, as they are in sapinta system you need a center back pairing sorry i've got a cough But yeah, you need the, a centre-back pairing that's got some speed, some agility, can chase chase after that loose ball that might be coming in over the top. So 
if they don't find, or if they, I mean, they've got other centre centre backs that they've signed. I don't know if they're going to end up using them or not. But if they don't end up using a different centre back pairing, I think Abuela are going to concede a lot of goals with the ball over the top. Let, let me show you something very quickly. Let me just show you something very quickly, right? This is just one phase of the play against Voivodina, right? Uh, first half, half an hour mark, right? Right now, the ball is in the centre-back area. It's been pumped long. So as you can see, I think Dazio is staring at the ball in the sky. Can you see my cursor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. So the ball's over the top, right? Now, look at where Shebak is. Okay? And look at where he ends up. Look where he is now. He's, he's on the six-yard box. So, again, I think these, these are phases that we're going to see more and more. In fact, it led to the goal. The ball ended up on the other side and crossed, crossed in and they scored. So, I think you're going to see this more and more, whereby your fullbacks are going to support your wingers, but also support in central areas. And I think that's a deliberate ploy from Sapinto in terms of stretching the play. And if they do get caught in the counter-attack at least their centre-backs are not going to be 20 yards uh, uh, away from each other. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I think it's a work in progress. Let's put it this way. And, and um, like I said, I'm interested to see how it's going to progress, if he's going to change it or he's going to stick, if that makes sense. Because Yeah, we've... because the, 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 system he's, the system he's kind of playing, he's only playing two at the back where it kind of works a bit more when you've got three. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, either he doesn't have any confidence in the other central defenders that he's got there, or, well, from those two or, or he's just he's he just he's got Gara, um he's got what's it called Garamanolis. He's got yeah silence. Yeah, yeah. They need to sign. Another, they need to sign at least another centre back. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Right, let's move on to another game with five goals, and that was Ayek almost blowing, almost blowing a three-nil lead, 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 lead uh, put a lid on it still against Torpedo something something something. I'm not going to try and pronounce their names. Torpedo Jordino. Yeah, there you go. What he said. So yeah, it was comfortable until half time, and then it's almost as if Ayek said, "Eh, it's over. It's all done and dusted." And Dumba made a Big error there. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tricky second leg. But I guess if they start on the front foot like they did in the first leg, it could be over by half time. But again, you'll never know. You'll never know. I don't know, man. That, that, Dumba didn't do a, a good... He didn't promote separate goalkeepers very well, did he? He, he was... I mean, for both those goals, he should have done a lot better. But as well, there was a point in the in the first half where he collected a pass and uh, I think Ultra wants uh, wants the keepers to play kind of like the short pass out with build up from the back and he tried to boot it clear uh, and then he basically set up an attack for uh, for Torpedo by booting it clear and you could and they Gekida and all these other uh, outlets ended up taking pictures of Ultra going absolute ape shit 
from it. But yeah, uh, there was also another point in the first half where the uh, Dunbar was off his line and the torpedo attacker saw him off his line and he tried to chip it in and the ball bounces off the crossbar and back out again. So yeah, um, I think I think Dun Dunbar was given the chance to um, uh, to kind of make a name for himself, and I don't think he covered his name in glory in that game. Really, is yeah. But you know the the return leg is in Lantnaga, and you'd expect Hayek to to uh, you know put the game to bed. Don't expect them to lose the game in Lantnaga. Well, they've got a new goalkeeper, haven't they? From yeah, Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Herrerin Her 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 was on the bench, as was Pirich. So they were right. both on the bench. So are we going to speculate here and say Pirich is going to be out the door pretty soon and our new Spanish friend will be the number one? Because I'm guessing he can use his feet. Well, I mean, yeah, if he was playing for Valencia last season, I think I think he did actually play games for him as well. It's not like he was signed as second or third choice. He was brought in and actually played for them last season as well. So you're frowning. Are you looking it up? But yeah, um, no, he did, he did play. I'm pretty sure he played. Anyway, um I don't know. I don't know. No, the, the, the reason the reason why I'm frowning is because I've never had a problem with foreign players coming to Cyprus. Never. I never have done. I never will. But I seem to remember Buffer signing a goalkeeper from Espanol that won a Champions League with Barcelona. And I can't remember the last time he actually played. It was in it was in the cup against mm. Doxa. And he's still mm. there as well. He's still yeah. at Buffalo, so yeah. Yep. No, no, you're right, but I don't, I don't know if if anybody's come for Peerage because if they had come for Peerage, they would have already got him. Especially if it's a, t a team in Europe, if they if they're going through European qualifications, they'd want to register him so that he could be on play or be on the bench or whatever. So I don't know. I do not know. Anyway, listen, it is what it is. They got the win. That's all that matters. And I think this is the other thing that we didn't mention. Two players who many believed would leave the club got on the score sheet. That's Gushko and Farage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's a bonus there. keeping them. Big, big bonus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of, we're going to talk about transfers in, in a minute, but it seems to be like the big headlines are who's leaving rather than who's coming in, but it's also who's staying. So, yeah, it's it, if if they keep Farage and Gusko, then you'd expect them to be uh, high up like where they were last season. Probably not the same escapades in Europe as they had last season, but definitely in the league. Because separate defences can't deal with, with those two. There you go. Well, let's see. Let's see. It's still time. There's still time for more transfers to be made. And speaking of transfers, look at this. Look at this segue. Let's talk about a Cypriot international that did extremely well last season. That even Mr. Fabrizio Romano mentioned on Twitter a few weeks ago. 
And the whole situation is leaving us a little bit flat, Mr. Bitter. <laughs> flat, yeah. Flatbread. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, they, they haven't made it official yet. I think he's traveling tomorrow as we're recording this. Well, do, do, you wanna, of... do you want to explain the situation to people that don't understand? Oh, yeah, no, what's, I'll, what's I'll go through from the beginning, shall I? So, yeah. Because um, you, got, you got a lot of Swedish people messaging you in <laughs> Swedish, so that Google <laughs> Translate was on overdrive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the good thing, the good thing, the, the Twitter Translate button uh, hasn't broken down yet. So thanks, Elon. Thanks for keeping that on there. But yeah, X. Um, yeah, <laughs> X gone give it to you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, in essence, AIK. I don't, I, I don't know if you pronounce it just AIK, like what we do with AIK and whatnot. But uh, AIK in Sweden at the beginning of the transfer window basically offered three hundred grand uh, to uh, Abolon to buy. Uh, to buy Bittas and Abolon laughed it off uh, as well as there was also a, a, a Dubai uh, uh, sorry an Emirati team that also offered the same amount again that got laughed off uh, then Rapid Bucharest came in with 600 grand Abolon said no and then there was talk of Olympiagos and Ayek and Greece getting involved as well uh, I don't think a concrete offer was made for him at that at that point. But Aik went from I just went A I K went from three hundred grand to nine hundred grand plus a sell on percentage. Uh, it's supposed to be between ten and fifteen percent. I haven't been able to find an accurate value for the sell on percentage, but that was basically the. Uh, as close as Abolon thought they'd get to the 1 million that they were looking for. So they agreed to that uh, offer and Bittas basically agreed to, to join AIK. Now, at the 11th hour, Haken in Sweden as well, who are uh, kind of fighting at the top of the league at the moment uh, and are in Europe, also put in the same offer. Uh, which kind of complicated matters, which is why everybody, it seemed like everybody from Sweden was atting me, going like, Hacken, IEK, Hacken, IEK, or plastic fans, or 25 to 30,000 people, or European games, or real pitch versus plastic pitch. Uh, <laughs> is that what was, you were getting? <laughs> yeah, and there was like talks of, there was talks of like Nazi. Nazi, Nazi owners. There was, uh, there was all kinds of stuff going off. I mean, I, there, there was one comment which, which I enjoyed, which uh, I had to put through uh, Google Translate because X Translate wasn't doing it for me. But it was just like, suck BK ass, which I, <laughs> which I thought was great. And but anyway, less about me, more about the transfer. So Abolon and Bittas rejected the approach from Haken because they'd already agreed mm. uh, the uh, the offer from AIK, and it seems like you know f for once uh, kind of um, 
politeness has reigned in, in football rather than just let the two teams fight it out. Abolon and Bitta just said, no, no, we've already agreed this deal, so we're going to go with these guys. Um, I think part of it as well is obviously Henning Berg is managing AIK. Uh, even though AIK are kind of flirting around the relegation places in the Alsvenskan uh, at the moment, they're about halfway through their season over there. And uh, But yeah, Bitta signing for them could be like a really big signing uh a lot of people ask me well a lot of people some people ask me uh you know what kind of player Bittas was i told them he used to play on the wing he's very good as a second striker uh, he he will score lots but he will also miss a few chances as well as uh, as we saw last season he scored a lot of goals he could have scored a lot more goals but the one thing is that uh, Swedish fans will see from him is that he works very, very, very hard. Like he, he will sweat buckets, even in Sweden. Yeah, and I think the one thing that stands out most for me with Bitta, the similarity I draw is with Gagulia Omonia in the sense that you give him a split second to make a decision and he'll put it away. Give him time to think, fluffs his lines. And yeah, yeah. Once he gets that down patted, then he'll be more consistent. Not to say that he's not already consistent, because obviously we saw the amount of goals that he scored last season. But he, he needs to put you need to put bigger numbers, and it's it's going to be a far more demanding league, I believe, anyway, in Sweden. Yeah, it will be, uh, especially the situation he's coming in because. It's a very pop, you know, it's a very well supported team in Sweden, and at the moment they're not doing very well. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulder. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him to perform kind of straight away. So keep keep watching us or listening to us. We'll tell you how he's doing. For sure, for sure. On to another transfer, my friend. One with more controversy than you can shake a aeroplane at. It's Landing Badgy who has left Aris to join a club in Qatar. Now, doesn't sound abnormal to those who don't know the situation, but the goalkeeper joined them beginning of July for seventy mm-hmm. grand, and yesterday or two days ago, at time of recording. He's joined a club in Qatar for a deal worth 1.1 million euros. I'll let you have the floor with this, and then we can mm-hmm. discuss our our thoughts on the matter. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's the statement kind of came from nothing from Alice, obviously, because Baji had signed on the 1st of July. A uh, 19-year-old goalkeeper from Senegal. He played all through the uh, African Nations uh, Youth Cup. Kept a clean sheet all the way through, including the final, where Senegal won it as well. So he's he seems to have he seems to be a good goalkeeper. Now, however, he was playing for a team in Senegal at the time of purchase from Addis, which is why. Um, you could say the value is probably deflated 
So 70,000 euros is not a lot of money to spend for Aris anyway, yeah, let's say. Um, now, the sale kind of came out of nowhere because he's, Badji has just he's been at Aris for 27 days. So it was on the 28th of July that Aris announced that the sale was done. And not only they announced that the sale was done, they actually gave the values. They, they, they announced the values of the sale. So they said worth 1.1 million euros. Now, um, a lot of people online have been commenting and saying that there's been some money laundering uh, involved on Alice's part. So, um, I mean, when you look at it without context, it does look it does look very strange. Uh, but then you kind of look at a few more details, like you said, and there seems to be more of a picture being built up. Uh, for instance, the, the team in Qatar that he's signing for is Um Salal, and the president of the club is a member of the Altani family. And the Altani family are the Qatar family. They're, 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 they're the emirs of Qatar. So there's a lot of money already in a club like them. So they've got the cash to splash, let's say. Um, now, the fee. So so you've, you've kind of pinpointed the, the word worth. So... When we, when we discussed it kind of offline, you'd said you'd said that there's probably like an upfront fee of two fifty or five hundred or whatever, and then the rest of that one point one million uh, gets added on bonuses based off of appearances, uh, cup wins, championship wins, uh, international appearances, whatever else goes on. Uh, and that's what comes up to the 1.1 million euros. Um, now, on top of that, we've had a couple of conversations over the last few weeks as well on agents being a bit weird. So, could be it could be an agent thing. Uh, I mean, we talked about um, uh, Ola Tunji, who was at Ayek and went out on loan to Slovan Liberec, and they exercised the option to buy him and they bought him for 500,000 euros and then like 12 days later they sold him to um Sparta Prague for 900,000 euros so it was like a bit there you go we take him here take him over there so it's not unheard of I think what the the thing that set people off is the difference in the value paid for him with the value they got for him and i think that's where that's where it's coming in now money laundering wise you'd think that if they were doing something uh let's say shady i won't say illegal or whatever else if they were doing something shady then the value of the transfer would be uh, would it not be undisclosed? Like basically what all the clubs are doing now. There is an undisclosed value for the transfer. And then everybody 
kind of guesses or hearsay or I saw the contract and it says this and whatnot. So wouldn't it be an undisclosed amount if it was money laundering? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I think the whole money... Okay, if Addis were a team owned by a Cypriot, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. If Addis were a team that had uh, an owner that had friends in the press, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid. I just think that because Addis are foreign-owned, because of the nationality of their owner, immediately, oh, laundering. You know, and on one hand, I can understand why some people feel this way because in Cyprus, we've seen and heard certain things. But at the same time, have we heard anything about Addis doing anything untoward? I can't remember anything. So for me, it just smacks of people are starting to hate on Addis because of their success and because of the money that they have and the money that they can throw at players. And it was coming because every club that has success, they have haters. It happens. And I think people are genuinely scared that this club could dominate for years. Now I'm going to put a pin on that. I'm going to talk about this situation with, with Badgy, going back to what you said about the deal. They purchased him for 70 grand. Now, as far as I remember, they actually announced that they were going to sign him months before the actual official signing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah? I think it was like a month before. It was the end of the right. season. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that loads of things change in that month and he improved to such an extent where his, his value was <laughs> clearly skyrocketing. However, a lot of transfer deals aren't done the same way. I'll give you an example. If a player joins a club for 5 million, for example, and it's a five-year contract, there's amortization, which is an FFP kind of situation whereby the selling club or the buying club will put it on their books that it was a 5 million pound deal spread over the length of the contract. So it's 5 million divided it by five years, which is a million pound a year. That's what they put on their books plus any signing on fee, plus the wages. So if the player's on, say, half a million a year, again, it goes down on the books as 1.5 million. Do you get what I'm, that, what that's I'm saying? Why, that's why Chelsea got into trouble with the seven, eight and nine year contracts they were offering players. Right. But that's yeah. a different situation. It's a different right, situation. Yeah. 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 But in this case, goes back to what you said and what's on the artist website. It's a deal worth 1.1 million. It's worth it. So by that term, it's a bit of a vague term to those that aren't fully involved in football, or fully understand how these things happen. The deal is worth 1.1 million, but it doesn't mean that Addis are going to make 1.1 million. It depends on a lot of things. Now, as you quite rightly said, Addis might have got 100 grand up front and over the next five years, they might accumulate a certain amount of money based on appearance fees clean sheet fees if he gets an international call-up to Senegal. Because don't forget, when a player goes on international duty, the club gains money from the federation, 
which is why a lot of clubs in Cyprus, especially my club Omonia, certain players are still at the club because they're actually worth more keeping because they still go on international duty than they are to sell. So it could come a point that at the end of the five years when the player is at the, uh, out of contract or if he leaves the club, in that five years, if it is a five-year deal, I'm just, I'm just assuming, I'm just hypothetical here, in that five years, he might play so well, he might accumulate enough of those clauses for Addis to make that one million. And for all we know, here's the other thing which no one really mentions, Addis might even have a set percentage sell-on, which means they could say, okay, if you sell on this player, we want at least half a million or three quarters of a million of the deal. So if the players offer 20 million, Addis are going to make a quarter of a million or three quarters of a million. So exactly, this is what I'm talking about. It's a deal worth. So they might make three quarters of a million on a, on a sell-on. But again, people are too busy saying, oh, it's money laundering. It's, it's this. Well, unless you see the contract. And again, I'm being hypothetical here. I'm not saying that I know what's happened with the deal, but usually these things happen. So again, I just haven't broken down what the deal is about. Neither have the new club, but they don't have to. They don't have to. They don't have to divulge it to the public, to their lawyers, to the federations or whatever, FIFA, whoever. They'll have to if it's in question. But to be honest, the deal is, for all we know, they might actually get more than that. They might actually get more than that, for all we know. So again, I think we just mm -hmm. need to nip it in the bud. And there was someone on Twitter that said, oh, you know, you guys need to address it because, uh, you know, if it was another club that would behave that way. Look, I'll just say it like it is, right? We are very cautious as to what we say, not because we're primarily worried about damaging relationships with clubs. We've never really being that way inclined where it's like, oh, we better not say that. We we tell it like it is. But the problem is, and, and this is something that has affected me and especially Roy, who I do the, the podcast with, there are things that I've said on No Trofters about a certain club, my club, where my colleague or my co-host who hasn't been involved in it, that's got nothing to do with it, has taken the brunt of it. So there are things that I could say that will get other people in trouble, even though they've had nothing to do with it. Now, we know in Cyprus that certain things don't fly. And we know about a certain podcast and some allegations, which I'm not going to go into, that could have been detrimental to them, their personal lives. Again, I'm not going to go into it because it's all allegations. I don't know the full facts. I don't want to say anything on this podcast that compromises my family or mm -hmm. your family, Thasso, and I'm sure you feel exactly the same way. Hence the reason yeah. why we don't go balls deep on these things. We could do, and maybe one day we will, maybe, but we we approach these things with caution because Cyprus is a very, very small island. Everyone knows each other, or everyone knows someone that knows someone that knows someone. And if you or I say something that's highly, highly controversial or perhaps is a no-no, we inadvertently get other people caught in the crossfire and we do not want to do that. As much as we love to um, to say everything that we've heard and things that are on our minds, we know what we can and can't say. 
So you call us pussies all you want, but I think we're doing the right thing in protecting not ourselves, because I couldn't care less what people say about me. Come at me, I don't care. But when it comes to people that are close to me, close to you, the things that we say could be really, really harmful. So mm -hmm. this is why we're very mindful, very mindful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely, completely agree. Completely agree. You know, the we can talk about the stuff that's gone on. Uh, again, in most cases, we're only outsiders looking in to what's going on. So, for instance, what happened with Bittas? What's happening here with uh, Baji? What's happening with some of the other stuff we're going to talk about further that further into the episode? Now we can speculate, and we do a lot of speculation. Uh, there's we we <laughs> that I do a lot of speculation, especially I kind of put two two things together and make four sometimes, uh, and then we have to always kind of align it afterwards to say allegedly. Allegedly. Pull the handbrake up. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we do we, we do bring this stuff up. So the reason why we kind of brought this up to discuss this is that there are certain people who view what's gone on as money laundering. There are certain people who will not view it like that. There's, um, I think part of it as well as down to... Aris declaring the value of the transfer. I think that's part of it, isn't it? Like, if they hadn't said anything. Yeah, but I, th I think it goes back to what I keep saying in terms of lost in translation. Yeah, 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 yeah. On course. their website, they said the deal is worth. And this yeah. is the problem because there are other websites, I'm not going to mention their names, but they've put on their website saying it's one million. Yeah. And they're, they're not... They're not looking into it yeah. and, and thinking, well, you know, this, this is what they've said. They, they haven't quoted it. And this is the mm -hmm. danger because people misconstrue it because they don't understand maybe the terminology or maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if Addis have actually put it in Greek on their website or anywhere if they've put it in Greek. If they put it in Greek, then it would be more clear cut. But because people see one million and immediately it's, and listen, I'm just going to sidestep a little bit. The other reason why we, we're very careful as to what we say, because we don't want to say anything potentially slanderous. Libelous. That, or libelous, right? Yeah. Libelous, yeah, apologies. So I used the wrong term, yeah. but even still, it's the same sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, we, we, we're very cautious and we, we are meticulous with what we say. And sometimes, obviously, we have fun with things and we joke around and everything, but there's obviously a serious side to, to journalism. But unfortunately, on the island... There are many journalists out there that love to put out stories without doing any research or they just find one story, as you quite mentioned, uh, quite rightly mentioned a few months ago, how a certain coach wore the same shirt and that was a story. I, I, I don't I don't play that game, neither do you. So anyway, shall, shall we move on to the next one? We can do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go on to the next one. Okay, so FC Buffer, or as I like to call Alia FC. No disrespect. I, I, I was I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke about that, but you beat me to it. Yeah. Ali Ali FC, and for for those who follow Buffos TikTok, <laughs> you might as well call them Ali FC. But hey, that's that's how they want to do their social media. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. If it works, it works. So we were talking about this. Was it last week? 
saying if they don't make any transfers, they're going to be in trouble. Well, yeah. they're like buses, London buses. Wait for one yeah. to come along. Yeah, I think yeah. So they so they they had uh, they um, brought in. I, I don't can't I can't tell if it's on loan or a proper signing. Is it Bokai? Is that how you pronounce it? Bokaj. Was it Dinamo Zagreb? That, yeah, Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, but they've also announced the loan signing of uh, a Brazilian player called Aleph Manga. Uh, in the, in, I've got the notes here. I, I said Aleph Manga and the hentai. They're, they're loans. Both of them are loans. But yeah, they are. They are. They are. But they are loans. But yeah. So uh, Aleph Manga one is important. So I'm going to try and explain what's gone on again without <laughs> without being libelous, so I don't get into trouble. I'm going to try and explain it because uh, I originally kind of heard this two or three uh, from two or three people kind of offhand, but basically, um, Aleph. So Aleph Manga has signed on loan for the season from Coritiba in Brazil. So there's quite a few, but there's already quite a few Brazilian players, especially up front for for Bafo. So they've added another one there. Uh, so he's a very good winger. He seems to have a goalie involvement every three games. So it could be pivotal for a system that's heavily reliant on gyro. So you know they take some of the pressure off gyro uh, is is always a good thing for for a team like Bafo. But so I've had to. I've, I've had to pinpoint this and then translate Google Translate a couple of uh, reports from Brazil. In essence, Aleph Manga was part was one of these what was uh, on a spreadsheet of names that was found by an investigation by the Brazilian police into match manipulation. In these uh, in the second division and also in the first division in Brazil, so his name was on a spreadsheet of players to contact for uh, match manipulation. Now, Coritiba found this out kind of the same as everybody else and suspended his contract in May. Uh, and as the investigation's gone on, he's been asked to provide um, testimony uh, in, co- in 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 the Brazilian version of Congress. Um, but nothing's come of it as of yet. However, Curitiba have de- decided to kind of bring him back onto his contract now to kind of take the pressure off him keep him fit i don't know i don't know the reason why they'd send a player who is performing as well as he is to send him on loan to baffle but they've sent him on loan to baffle whilst this investigation is still ongoing in brazil so he's not yes he's not in the clear for being involved in match manipulation but he's not being investigated as such. As far as I'm aware, 
in what I've read. Now there are some uh, there, there there are some people who've told me that he's been investigated for specifically for getting a, a yellow card in the game, and that there's evidence on him for match manipulation for that specific uh, incident. I've not seen anything on that reported, but again, I've only looked at like two or three articles when I Googled his name. So I've tried to find some stuff, but you know, there's only, there's only so many times you can control C, control V into Google translate to, to see what people are saying about it. But yeah. Look, I, 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 can I just cut you off there two seconds. Yeah. yeah? Because um, again, you and I had a discussion about another Brazilian that joined Buffer last summer. His name's Marcinho, a right back. And this is a, a defender who, again, I'm looking at this website and again, Google Translate. So uh, forgive me if there's things that are lost in translation, but this player went to court in December 2020 and he was sentenced to three years and six months for the manslaughter of apparently two teachers. Apparently he, he hit them with a car. He drove into him again. Lost in translation, I don't know the full details. So again, this is just from what Google Translate has come up because I don't read or speak Brazilian Portuguese. So it, it could be a big mess. So again, I'll just use the word allegedly, right? To cover ourselves. But this player ended up at Buffer and then he was released. So what happened? Why didn't he get a kick? Why didn't he play? I, again, we don't have the answer to that. Yeah. But this situation with this player, while the allegation isn't as severe as Marcinho's one, there's still something there. Yeah. So the investigation again, I, is ongoing. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. So it it yeah. does seem a little bit sticky, but I'm just going to put a pin in that for a second because today there's a story that. Uh, Omonia are apparently linked with a right winger that trained with them as an individual over the summer, apparently linked to sign him permanently. And he's got an ongoing investigation in Denmark with rape allegations. So again, what what is happening here? I'm, I'm confused. Is, is Cyprus kind of like a place where you can park players or park people when they're under investigation so that it keeps them out of the public eye, allegedly. I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre one for me anyway. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak on something I don't know about, but th there hmm. seems to be a, a little bit of a pattern emerging. Yeah, there's... There's... There, there's I don't want... I, I don't want to relate it to a Mexican soap opera, but it... the. It, Football in Cyprus is 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 a telenovela. This it's it's like you know you, you expect to you expect to hear a few slaps. You know, uh, uh, you know the my my mama is dead. No, I am your mama kind of stuff. But uh, you know, sometimes there's some proper serious stuff that comes through that needs looking at. I don't know. I don't know who needs to look at it specifically, who, who who ratifies the stuff that goes on. But I think there needs to be some kind of uh, uh, more 
somebody needs to review these things a bit more, I think. Because, because you know, the, our, 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 normally when you're under investigation or uh, or things like that, you there's a travel ban, no? I, I assume so. Unless you pay a bail amount. So, but again, again, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a, a solicitor or anything of the like. Well, bro, listen. As far as I'm concerned, if they don't, if they don't take away a person's passport, they can travel, provided the nation that they're traveling to will let them in. So, right. so it, it just seems to me that Cyprus possibly, possibly is. A loophole, but I think we've spent quite a bit more time on this. Than yeah, we should have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Was, was speak, speaking of trouble? There's a club in Limassol that's in a bit of trouble. Yeah. So, they, so IL kind of snuck this press release. The Somadio snuck this press release out while the European Games were on. So literally, no one reported on it. But as part of the press release, so there was like. You know, Ael is a club of their people. Uh, you know, everybody come to the stadiums, buy your seasons and tickets, etc., etc. So you know, big big push. Obviously, as as this part of the season goes, you push to get people to buy season tickets to, to support the team, represent the team, try and try and uh, sort that out. Now, kind of towards the middle of the press release. They uh, dropped in a couple of paragraphs that I think um, IL fans should be very worried about. So uh, I, I, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out in English. But people, it's a press release. If you go on their website, it's there. However, we must inform people that the backlogs of the previous administration remain. And this creates many obstacles to the smooth running of the team. The footballers are owed part of their earnings from last season, while there are debts to former footballers, coaches, the stadium and others. Debts that will create huge problems for our team in the new future and must be paid off immediately or settled. So, that's it's a bombshell that they hid, like... The, the press release, at least on Twitter, appeared like 30 minutes into the Omonia game, I think, something like that. So while everybody's talking about the games going on, this got snuck out. Um, so it's very dangerous times ahead, I think. I think that's why there were a few players who are at the club at the moment that may be did not confirm that they were staying with the club until quite late on. Yeah. It's obviously, you know, you've got this backlog of payments that but if the players aren't getting paid, then they're not going to want to stay at the club, are they? I think they've been very clever about it. And I'll give you my explanation here because other clubs, none mentioned, haven't released any kind of information like that. And then you find out a few months later in the press that, oh, they owe players money from May, March, whatever. And it really lands them in the shit. Whereas now, 
they're being transparent, they're sharing information. But what confuses me is that they did it, was it the same day or the day after they announced two signings? Yeah. Two new signings? Yeah, so it was the day before. And then the they announced. Okay. Yeah, and then they announced. That, yeah. that makes it even more interesting, doesn't it? Mm. So is this their way of possibly... I wouldn't say pre-warning fans, but at least letting them know that the club does have financial difficulties, but yet they're still trying to to resolve the issues. I, again, I think this is as transparent as they can be without without divulging how much dirt there is. Not saying that there is loads of dirt, or maybe that was the wrong word to you. How much financial damage there is? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, you know, you just need to look at their um, declared books for the for last season. It's it's not it's not positive at all. It's very it's it's dire. You know, if only if only there was like some kind of Saudi or German investor that could have come in to save the club, uh, but you know. Well, there's, there's... I don't, I don't want to really want to go into this, man. No, no, no. We're not, we're not, we're not going to go into it. I just wanted to leave it. Out. I just wanted to leave it there. But I, shall, shall I be honest with you? I, I yeah. honestly believe, and and this is, this isn't like me dropping any hints or anything. I honestly believe that if any club, not just in Cyprus, but any club in the world, were comfortable with divulging every single cent of their finances to a potential investor, they would be sold, depending on the situation. So mm -hmm. I'll, for example, let's say hypothetically speaking, they they give, uh, I don't know, a portfolio or a spreadsheet stating every single outlay or every single overhead that they have or who they owe money to or where it's going. I'm pretty sure an investor will look at that, especially ones with big boy money that are serious because there there are people out there with big boy money that, that want to mm -hmm. invest in clubs that even if they are in a shit ton of debt, they'll look at it and say, okay, we can clear that, clear that, clear that, clear that. But this right here, that's circled in red, that's a problem. And that's why we don't want to take over your club. But if IL, if they are clean, and they haven't got any outstanding debt to certain people, I don't see there being a problem. But the issue is twofold. Number one, there are, and again, this could, this might not be, what's the word, valid for IL, but I'm just saying, given my experience, number one, there are people at clubs that want to hold on to power for as long as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And if there is an investor, they still want to be involved in the club in one way, yeah. shape or form, either because mm -hmm. they've been at the club for a long time or they support the club or they just don't want to relinquish any power. That's the first one. And the second problem, and this is the biggest problem, <laughs> confidentiality. You cannot keep anything quiet in Cyprus. And it's not me saying like it's against the rules to keep anything quiet. I'm just saying people just cannot shut their mouths. They can't do it. yeah. And that's why a lot of clubs cannot trust, sorry, potential owners or potential investors cannot trust the bigger clubs. The little clubs, for example, Aris, 
and again, I hate to bring them up again, but I'm just using them as the best example. Aris are a small club in comparison to the, the, the big boys. They only had a handful of people looking after the club. Mr. President comes in. I want to buy the club. This one, this one, this one. You sign NDAs. Boom, that's it. And it's all done hush-hush. No one knows what's happening at the club. Even now, there are still even people that work for the club don't want to talk about the president or what he does because it's not football related. Yeah. So you can't, if an investor wanted, wanted to buy IL, I'm pretty sure there would be someone that wants to buy. I'm pretty sure there are, there are many people that would be interested in buying IL. But the problem is confidentiality. And yep. it's a separate thing. This isn't for, I'm not just saying this for IL. I'm just saying in, for Cyprus in general, people cannot keep their flipping mouth shut and that's why people it's true no, Listen, it is. if, if, if there's a qatari or a saudi interested in buying il they'll come in and the moment they make a little bit of noise or a little bit of you know rustling someone at the club or the somadio is going to say oh this this arab wants to buy the club and it ends up in the press and it ends up on on websites you can't trust people in cyprus i'm sorry unless you get them to sign an nda to say if this gets leaked then you're going to pay us X amount of money as a fine. Mm-hmm. But people in Cyprus don't want to play that game. They don't do it because it's unheard of. It's unheard of, these things. So what do you want me to tell you? To be no. fair, again, with, without throwing too much crud at you know, the Somadeo of Ael, you know, try and move away from your Cypriot mindset move into 2023, behave like a professional outfit, which is what you should be, and do things properly. Don't do things right? Or talk sort your cuvendas out in the gafene. It doesn't work like that. If you want your club to survive, you need to step up and level up. Otherwise, you're going to be you're fucked. Yeah. And that goes for yeah, everyone. Cause, because it's not just in the first division now either. It's the second division. They're becoming a lot more organised. So, you know, a, a, a club with the history of IL could get lost very easily if they don't organise themselves. But, yeah. Anyway, should we... Uh, very quickly... Yep. Let's talk about... Uh, let's, let's talk about George Marsh very quickly. So, George Marsh is IL's new signing uh, from... He was a Tottenham youth player. Uh, and he was He's at AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, He's he was at coffee. AFC Wimbledon last season. Uh, I actually went and had a look on his Instagram, and he's got Jack Rolls commenting on all his pictures all the time. Okay. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a separate connection from there previously. So there you go. Um, yeah, so I wanted to get an, an opinion on the player's performance because I'm very good at, like, pulling some stats out and being like, let's play this many games, score this many goals, assists, red cards, whatever. But not actually, you know, I'm not I'm not a wise scout going like, oh, his, his passing needs to improve. or whatever. So I, I, I got in contact with um, uh, the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Okay. So this is AFC Wimbledon fan podcast. Um, so I asked them, what do you think? Is he, is he any good or, or what? Um, and they the way that they described him is a bit like an Eric Dyer kind of midfielder. So very okay. good at very good at collecting the ball. Very good at kind of 
organizing and say marshalling, not necessarily the best at passing. So they talked about him passing it backwards and sideways all the time. Um, and one of the th big things they mentioned was that he never, ever, ever smiles. <laughs> and then, and then the, the, they had the, the the press the press release of announcing the signing, and and it's like it's like the opposite of a smiley, like turns his mouth upside Who down. Who took the jam out of your donut? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's like all four pictures. He's like, so, you know, Isle fans put a smile on his face, like in a good way, not like a joker way. You know, like in a, be nice to him kind of way. Do you know what? But yeah. Without being stereotypical here, I can see him opening a pub in Cyprus and call it the Queen Vic. <laughs> the Queen Vic. Oh dear. Get out of my pub! <laughs> Phil! <laughs> Maybe if you had my haircut and yours, you know. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. You never know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Anyway, right. moving on. Yeah. Another one. Another another enigma. Chico Bantha. Yeah. The guy that signed the new contract with Salamina, he went AWOL, and now he's linked with Anofosi. Yeah. yeah. So Nizhny Novgorod were originally linked with him. Uh, and I th uh, looking at subject subtext clues and whatnot, he basically the, the reason he went AWOL is because he's what he's wanting this signing, he, he, he's wanting to move away from Salamina. And Nizhny Novgorod apparently came in with an offer, but that went nowhere. Uh, and yeah, a couple of days, a couple of days ago, or yesterday or today, is that Anorthosis are coming in with an offer for him. To Salamina. Anorthos is, you know, the, the the big club with lots of money. Anorthos is going to offer money to Salamina to buy a player. Listen, I think uh, if it works out, great. Uh, at the moment, he's training, he's doing preseason training, but he's doing preseason training in his home country. So he still hasn't come to Gibro. He still hasn't gone to Gibro yet to train with the rest of the Nea Salamina team. Um, but yeah, there's that. So good luck to him. I don't know. I don't... Whenever I hear the story of a player kind of going AWOL because he wants to move away, I kind of part of me is like, do you really want to sign a player who does that? Yeah. No. But... You know, maybe, I mean, we saw him last season. He was fantastic for Salamina last season. So maybe there's a calculated risk there that the clubs that are interested in him are taking. True, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip it. Is there a possibility that when he signed his new contract recently, which is what, a month? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the end right? of the season, so May. Yeah. So he signed his new contract. Is there a chance they said to him, okay, you sign this contract and we can assure you that if a bigger club comes in, we'll let you go. And it happened and he didn't get his move. So he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not coming back to the club. Oh, it could be that as well. Yeah. 
you could be completely completely uh, completely right I'm speculating yes I'm speculating yes. i don't know but stranger things have happened yeah speaking of stranger things valbuena yeah where the hell did this come from the fuck yeah <laughs> like yeah i don't know what it is with our bottle on and old french players but but they go for them, don't they? Valbuena. Valbuena. Abolon and Olympia Goz players as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was out of left field, wasn't it? It was like yeah. it, the the rumor came in and then six six hours later, they were like, oh Valbuena's on the plane going to Cyprus. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Slovakia, because that's where they were doing the training. Yeah. Now yeah. again, this I wouldn't say it's a strange one because, you know, uh, Abolon, they have been known to sign some pretty big names. If you think about it, over the years, they brought in Bissaswa recently, mm. obviously our friend, Vardavision, mm. and a few others, Roberge, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't a strange one. But if this was a Valbuena at 34, 35... I wouldn't feel so less at ease. But 38 years old, can he get around the pitch as well as he used to? Possibly. I'm not going to shit on the deal, but having spoken to the guys at the Gate 7 International pod, they said they put up some decent numbers last season for Olympiagos. So mm. clearly he's still got it in him. But we know the Cypriot League. And um, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we've been missing like that 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 bam signing. So you know, uh, you know, last season we had uh, Miralas. This season Valbuena. You know, so let's see. Let's see how things develop. As you know, transfer uh, transfer uh, windows until what first week of September in Gibro. You know, make sure to catch all those, all those, all those players that kind of. Fallen off the grid. Hey, come to Cyprus. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I make you lamb. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, yeah. We, we wanted to do a podcast on the new kits. Yeah. With a, a new friend of ours. that He's ready to jump on the moment all the kits are released. I've seen a few of them. I don't know if Ayel's current one is the new one because it seems very Similar. plain. Yeah. Very plain. But... Let's quickly touch on the announcements of the of two new kits. You got Aris that are with Adidas, Abuel yep. that are with Macron. Yep. And the there's there's a dichotomy between the yep. quality of announcements. Now again, I'm not going to pick them apart because this is just like you and your stadiums, me and marketing. It's just certain things. Yeah, you're going to really go off on one off. and we're going to be here for yeah. another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> for me, I think Aris have, have won hands down with everything when it comes to the promoting, the style of the kit, etc., etc. And look, I don't want to take anything away from Adidas because I think Adidas had a big hand in how the shirt was promoted, especially the graphics and everything. Mm. But when you compare it to Abuel's, you know, you're talking about, you know, super yeah. space age versus uh, Betamax. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's really disappointing. The the it's really disappointing the quality of the video. I I I mean as well, you have to think up well the 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 financial package that the marketing was, team was probably given was probably nowhere near what Aris his marketing team would have been working on. Uh, but it's a shame because that that. This season's kit is. Uh, I'm a fan of this season's kit. I might, I might get one. It reminds me. I used to have. So uh, when I was in sixth form, uh, the sixth form that we had was like oh, dressing office attire when you come to your lessons because you're getting a qualification to work in an office. Uh, so I had I had a shirt that kind of had like the polychromatic kind of style that they've got going on on the on the on the home shirt so me i'm like uh, it's, it's getting me right here i'm like not it's getting me right on waris's on, on waris's face it's like oh uh, nostalgia oh i want one so you know if anybody wants to buy me a, a an abuel home shirt for this season get get me one just just don't don't make me watch those bloody hologram videos again the, the thing is to be fair macron have really stepped up so far yeah. Uh, Abuel's kits are nice. Omonia's new kit is pretty decent, I yeah. must admit. Yeah, as well. Yeah. But then you look at the 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 video for the uh, Abuel shirt launch, and you you look at the the fonts. It's been done on CapCut. I saw it straight away. It's CapCut font. Then you had Crespo overselling the shirt, which that's not the guy's fault. He was told to do that. You had the CGI skills, which. I'm pretty sure Marquinhos could have done that without. Yeah, I don't. CGI. I don't understand why they didn't just use real balls. Right, you had a ball shot at um, the goalkeeper, mm. and it moved while it was in his hand. So it was doing this while it was in his hand. Is that my window? Someone knocking on my window. Yeah, whatever. Um, and it was just like. It, it was it was poor. It was really poor. And then to cap it all off, no pun intended, with CapCut, the, the free app on the phone, when you create a video, there's immediately like an end screen, which is the CapCut logo. And they forgot to take it out. So they've uploaded the video and left the end screen on. So you've basically given it away that you haven't got any editing software or you're not using anything like adobe premiere or whatever it's so unprofessional and it ruined what was it uh, you know, three a nice, really kits, nice kit yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 no completely and I, I i agree with you it's again it's it's cost saving measures isn't it so the club is obviously having some some issues financially and so whilst they um wanted to do the kit announcement and they've got like part of it i think as well the cgi's the cgi balls part of it is they've got like these hologram type screens in the club shop and by putting cgi balls in it means that they can get it to kind of move the correct way and be like oh, the ball's coming at you oh kind of stuff i don't know i don't know I'm, I'm making up excuses the kit is fantastic 
no need for that video <laughs> you know i I don't want to be, I don't want to be like Omonia, but <laughs> Omonia's video was, like, picked up some of the stuff that's on the shirt, and then... The detail, isn't it? Yeah, the detail. the detail, and then zoom out, and then you got Bashiru going, there you go, and that's it. Yeah. And that's all it needed yeah. to be. I don't know. I don't well, know. look, uh, you got... Puma are with Anorthosi and Buffo. Uh, uh, they, I think Buffo have done their kit launch, but it wasn't as jazzy as the others. I haven't seen Anorthosi's new kit. I think Ayers have won the new kit of the season, to be honest. I think their kit is beautiful. Yeah, they did, but yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll go into that when we do our, our, our kit uh, review. Kit review. Right, what else have we got left? Uh, let's see, we've got but, uh, quick fire. Baralimni sacked their manager after 10 days. There you go. Nice. Done. Yeah, he <laughs> nice. started on the 13th of July, gone by the 23rd. Um, uh, Napoli versus a Bollon, friendly announced. So apparently, that was all down to Rudy Garcia, who's the new manager of Napoli, because he was very impressed with how a Bollon had played against Lyon when he was managing them in Europe. Okay. Uh, somebody, somebody on the Discord, Discord chat, Discord chat, Discord chat, promoting the Discord. Link chat. in the description. Yeah. Uh, somebody had posted a link to a YouTube video of um, somebody commentating in French, and really going for it when uh, Sardinero uh, scored a goal in injury <laughs> time against Lyon. So yeah, I thought that was. Uh, regardless, I think somebody should inform uh, Rudy Garcia that the team's changed a bit since then. Anyway. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it craps all over Balfour's playing against Udinese, doesn't it? Uh, they played Udinese, they played Sassuolo. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, quick fire. Noblock yes. has gone. He's no longer Garmi Odisa. He's been released. So no more, no more, uh, no, no more dicky jokes. Uh, uh, for for us, but yeah, all the good goalkeepers seem to be leaving. Like we've had, we've had uh, Mal gone, Jovanovic gone. Now Nobloch has gone. The good thing is Muriel's still here. Yep. Got, and we've got we've got a couple of others who are in the B tier that are still around, and Fabiano and Uzoho and Ivana uh, Alves. Van Alves, who's, who's still about. But yeah, guys, guys, please stop leaving. Stay. <laughs> please. Don't go. Yeah, don't go. And our friend, and our friend Alex is at Loxa now? Yep, Alex is at Loxa. Come on. So, yeah, get Shishkovsky out of here, man. <laughs> get, him, get him out get there. Him out. I'm gonna. I, I don't want to. I don't want to set up an Alex clock now that Arnoldi is in the <laughs> second division. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, more quick fire stuff. Zradi and uh, Shepovic uh, have signed for teams in uh, in Thailand, as yep. as whispered very loudly by you uh, last week. For at least for Shepovic, uh, for the Shepovic yep. signing, came off the bench uh, that they scored. I was going to mention that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he did that. Uh, and uh, and then lastly, we've got uh, Ryan. Uh, 
Ryan May has joined Stoke. <laughs> so so Stoke's front line is gonna be Mae and Wesley. Uh, but obviously, for people who don't know, Mae was at IL for two seasons and scored goals. <laughs> he got 13, 13 in his second season, I think. Yeah, I think he had 19 altogether. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He's, he scores goals. And they were decent goals as well. They weren't tappings. I mean, yeah. a couple of them were penalties, but there was, there was one goal against, and obviously a great header, one goal against Armonia where he had a split second to to decide what to do and he put it in the bottom corner. Yeah. This, this player's got a lot of talent and for, for one reason or the other, Ferenc Varos were happy to let him go. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm supporting Stoke next season in the championship uh, just for him. Just for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch their games just for him. Ah oh, right, well, you don't go, don't want to go to Stoke on a cold, wet, windy Tuesday night. Sure, I've been to the Britannia. It's all right. It's, it's not nice that stadium. windy. It's not that <laughs> windy either. I Rory Gillap is in there though, so you can't launch those balls in the box. Yeah, you know? the the massive throw-ins. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. So, yeah, so there good you luck, go. Anyway, we're done. We're done. Yeah. An hour and 34 minutes. We'll be back very, very soon. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is My Part. Our personal Instagrams are on the screen right here. And everything you need to know is in the description. We've got a Facebook page. We have a Discord. Yeah, and if you have anything to say about this podcast, leave it in the comments. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Anything else? Just one more thing just to add. On the Facebook page, I've got a live document of all the transfers happening in the first division. So with, whether it's uh, Abuelaris, Arothosis or fucking Othellos, I've, I've, got, I've got them all in there. In ah, Duris. Duris is back. We forgot to mention. Duris. Duris. Fucking Duris. He signed for Othellos. Yes. That's it. Doris for Othello. So, so they're looking for a striker. So there's going to be some goals. Come on. Come on. There's going to be some oh, goals. Ah, there I forget mentioning. But hey, best for us. Oh. Best for us. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, boys and girls, we'll be back very soon. Thank you, Thassel Moore. We Thank shall, you. yeah. Uh, well, I'm guessing we'll be back very, very shortly because we've got the oh. review of the European games to come. So, exactly. This time next week. So, until next